Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Amen. We are still talking about the purpose. We are dealing with um, our purpose. Amen. We've gone through a few series now. We were trying to see if we've been called and if we've been called who has called us. And um, I give some few scriptures for us to go through. Amen. Not a lot, actually. There will be a lot of scriptures really, but then it's not Bible study. Amen. So we just give a few for us to go through. Amen. And um, it's nice to go through them. If we want to come to a certain level of understanding. I use that word, a certain level of understanding of God. Amen. So there will be that, that levels that God himself would take through in terms of how he, he would want you personally to understand him and then collectively how we need to understand God. Amen. 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 Now individually, God wants you to understand him in terms of why he has created you and um, what he would need you as a person to help in the propagation of the kingdom of God. Amen. And in normal life, you would, you would come to realize that sometimes we, we, we tend to shift God away. <coughs> Sorry, amen. And, and um, that misconception that God is really far, God is an ancient God, why are we still talking about God in our 21st century today, is, 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 is a nice way for the enemy to try and pull that wool over our eyes to try and distance ourselves from God. But actually, if you look at it carefully, right, we, we are still within the kind of things that God wants us to do anyway. And why, why, do I, why do I want to say that? Now, you, you would realize that, I mean, recently we've been talking about our economy a lot, haven't we? And the fact that the economy is not really behaving as we expect the economy to behave. And when you get to that point, you realize that, look, life then is not normal again. Normal in the sense that it's not that maybe heaven is clipping onto the earth one way or the other. But you realize that it creates what we call a standard of living crisis. Now, what do we mean by that? What, what we are trying to say is that um, you, you get us doing things in terms of um, we, we, we engage ourse- ourselves in, in, in productive areas to help us survive one way or the other. Productive in the sense that we engage ourselves in working here and there. We expect our employers to pay us, right? And if the employer is paying you, then obviously what the employer gives you at the end of the day should be able Right to help you feed yourself and fend for yourself one way or the other. And that is what governments are mainly trying to do. That we, the humans, that they, they, they govern. You see, if you see a government, a government is governing a group of people, isn't it? So we, the people that they are looking after, they are helping themselves to, to, the, to the point where they, they, they make life much more easy for us. But you still, you, you still realize that we, the ones that are being governed, perhaps including those who are governing us, are still complaining. That things are not normal. There will be hard times. There will be this. There will be that. There will be this. There will be that. And look, it's, it's, it's just the same thing that we've been going through with God as well. Right? Now, it's, it's the actual normal behavior of humans that God has created us. So, irrespective of where you find yourself and who you find yourself I mean, to be one way or the other, you go through the same kind of means every now and then. They, they don't really change. Now, when you come to, to the areas of governing, right, you have to realize that you should be able to understand who you are 
if I say who you are, who, 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 who you are in terms of what is actually making you a human being. Amen. Now, if you understand what makes you a human being, then you will, you will realize that no matter what it takes, right, as long as you live on earth, you are living within the range of humans. So, so invariably, I'll give, let's say, um, um, I hope you all know uh, Rishi Sunak, don't you? Is, is Rishi Sunak a human being? You see? Okay, so if Rishi is a human being, then you, you, you clearly realize that you are a human who is leading humans. <laughs> you get that? You have humans who is now leading humans. So, so, so if you look at the Bible, you, you also realize that there were humans who were leading humans. So it's not far from, 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 from the jurisdiction of the Bible, more or less. It's within the confines of the Bible. Because if you read the Old Testament, I mean, through up to Revelation, you realize that humans were leading humans. Now, that is how God has designed for humans, right, to govern certain areas of the affairs of humans. Listen carefully. I, 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 I said that God has designed it in a way that humans would, would sort of more or less tries to govern certain areas, not all, certain areas of humans. Now, now I can confidently say that because although Rishi governs me, Rishi doesn't know me. Do you get the difference? Rishi governs me, but Rishi doesn't know me. Rishi doesn't know each and every human within the United Kingdom. Rishi doesn't Rishi will know those who are close to him in terms of his cabinet members one way or the other, and then maybe his family members, and then other guys he went, he went to school with one way or the other, and those who have come closer to him in his normal way of life one way or the other. But then Rishi is deciding my future, but he doesn't know me. And, and he expects himself to be able to do it to the best of his ability, not to the best of my ability, but to the best of his ability, however he is human. And, and, and you, you realize that you hear things like um, the striking, the striking, the striking, the striking. And then I had one of um, the union leaders saying that Rishi needs to come and engage with us. Rishi needs to come and sit with us to, to sort of engage with us at least. And we can find some common grounds and we'll go back to work. Brilliant, isn't it? Of course, if you are governing people, you need to sit with them. You need to find what their problems are. You need to find ways and means of solving their problems. You don't have to run away from their problems. You have to engage their problems. I'll tell you one thing, but Rishi is a human being and he knows very well. But if he goes to sit with them, what they will raise and what he has to give will not be in conformity. And, and more or less, it will create much more problems after they sat with him because it will create much more chaos. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that because I want us to realize that when you are dealing with humans, humans, we have limitations. And humans cannot tell you that you are, you, you are infinite with them as humans. No, they can't. Because they are then operating under a certain level of ignorance because they themselves, what gives them life, they have no idea about. Much alone to govern a life that has come here on this earth. You should, you should, you should subject yourself to the one who has given life to me, to govern me, because you don't know me. Now, realize one thing. I am talking about a book 
which is the Bible. And in the Bible, I have read that he knows me before I was born. So if Rishi doesn't know me, however, I have someone who knows me, then it is indeed proper to find out why and how he knows me. And if indeed he knows me, and Rishi who doesn't know me, would care for my living, then the one who knows me should also ensure in law. When we say shah in law, it's powerful, isn't it? Be obliged to care for me too as well. So I need to know him. Now, I can say that also because I, I think I said this last week. We'll talk about the spirit. That's why I'm saying all this. Now, I have to then identify myself as a human. And what are the, 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 the compositions of me as a human? Amen. Now, I, I, have, I, have, I, have, I have been through life for, for some decades now. <laughs> Amen. At least I've been through life for some decades. Not, not, not as much as maybe everybody else here. You know, but then, I, I, I have been through life a while, isn't it? Now, I, I have lived with um, my parents and um, I, I had a father, listen carefully, who married to um, a nice young lady my mother, and then um, they decided that, well, um, they need to be blessed with the fruit of the womb, so invariably then, I became a product of that interaction, amen, I have studied that carefully, my father is no more with me, my mother is, and um, in my young days, when I was, um, today I told my, my son sometimes, I said to him, you'll be 17 very soon, and I said some few things to add, I mean, um, um, your mom asked me something, and I said some few things to add up to it, right? And I, it, it has come back to my mind, anyway, that's beside us. Um, but I said, I said that, look, you, you need to understand, listen carefully, say at 17, the next addition of a year will be 18. 18, you decide a government, don't you? You will have to decide who rules you. And, and that gives you the mandate to vote for who will rule your life for the rest of your existence, one way or other. Or, or the other. You will always have to choose. Now, you are getting to the area where you have to decide who governs your life. And who takes decisions for you in the area you find yourself. So, one, you should also know the areas that they govern. And one is your education. Two is your health. And three is, is your, 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 what you call your social kind of leading one way or the other. And, and perhaps a few other areas. They will decide. So you should know and listen to them when they talk to you to know that this is the one who is able to give me what I want. Now, in reference to what I have said, I'm saying that if I can do that, then obviously then I have to also know that if I'm selling this book, right, then I should do the same thing and look at the same look at the Bible in the same context. That is, that is the Bible able to fend for my economic activities? Is it able to fend for my normal day-to-day -day living one way or the other? Is the Bible able to do that? In terms of, is the Bible educating me to let me realize that there is someone also who I have called the father who is dead. Now I have the father. Is my business father dead? So I'm asking myself that question. So if God realized that at some point he will take my earthly father, who has he left me with? Have you asked yourself that question before? If my God 
who has brought me here on earth. And from one, one age to a certain age, I had a father. And I thought, actually, my father was paying my fees. He was making sure that there was shelter over my head. He was making sure that I eat morning, afternoon, evening. As a matter of fact, if he fails to do that, I'll come and change my face. And I stand in front of him and tell him one way or the other something that might not be pleasant to his hearing. Actually, I don't care how he does it. But what I know is that as long as he has brought me here on this earth, he has a responsibility and an obligation to make sure that what I need to eat every single day, he provides it. Why? Because he is called a father. Yes. Amen. Amen. So I'm trying to find out from the Bible that, okay, well, fair enough. From, from my understanding, I have a father. Now, if the Bible is introducing itself to me too as well, what is the Bible saying? If the Bible is mentioning a father, then what kind of father is the Bible talking about? Is it my earthly father or a different father? So what kind of father is the Bible talking about? I need to understand the kind of father that the Bible is talking about. So then I have a responsibility myself to go in there and find the new father, who that new father is. I have a cause to read the Bible. And, 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 and lovely enough, my father said to me, he's a young man, you know what? Whatever I have worked for is mine. He's called Alfred. He said, you know what? And he has a kind of language that he sings. When he's preparing some of his foods, he doesn't want to give anybody in the house. Then he's here, this is Alfred's food. And you know what? We are all oblities. I don't know. If, if he's, this is Alfred Oblity's food. Then invariably, I'm also an oblity, so invariably, I have to partake in that food. So <laughs> this is Alfred's food. Alfred, hello, Alfred's food. And you know what? Sometimes it's so funny. Some very nice, nice food. He would do it himself, not my mother. He would do it himself. And this is Alfred. They say, and what, 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 look, Alfred would die alone, so Alfred would do to, to, to treat Alfred. And this is Alfred special. And, and to be honest with you, it's, it's really nice food. <laughs> I know it because you can see from the way the food is prepared. This is really nice. You know? <laughs> and I don't know if you know this, the dish that, uh, um, I think the ladies will know that one. The, we have something we call kutumri, I mean, that, that, that green leaf from the kukoyam. You know, and, and, and they put it in the earthenware bowl. They don't cook it that much, half cook, half cook, and they put some kobe and that kind of thing on it. And, and, and some stuff that the AOS also do, and he was bringing it on it. In fact, it's really nice, to be honest with you. It's really nice. And you'll be salivating and going up and down, and, and you, you be, I don't want to send anyone. And you will not send anyone. Look, he will do all that on his own. And when he finished, he will eat all that on his own. And when, and it's like when everything is done, he can call it. Now I have children. I can call on anyone. And we also said, well, when, when, when he's in his food, everybody will leave the house then. So we did it once, and I think the second time, he decided he locked the gate. So he locked the gate. He said, me and my children. And he will sit down. And, and you know what? Alfred would eat Alfred's food. But Alfred had an obligation to make sure that his children had also eaten. Amen. Now, what I want to say is that today Alfred is no more. 
And it was just yesterday, I was just coming from Wales. And that thing just clicked on my mind. You know, that Alfred is no more. So if Alfred is no more, now I also have a responsibility. And it has been a trend of responsibility after responsibility after responsibility. And it's been a chain, one way or the other. And my father had a father. And my father's father had a father. So you can trace from generation to generation. So you see, it's been fathers upon fathers upon fathers upon fathers. So all fathers then will have a father. And their father is the father that the Bible introduces as the father. And when all fathers are gone, it is then the responsibility of the father. And the Bible calls him the supreme master. And it's then the responsibility of the, the supreme master to take charge, not care, charge of his creation to ensure that each and every one of them finds food and have the resource to fend for themselves. Amen. So Moses, if I wake up early in the morning, I'll look up to my father for food. When I wake up in the morning, I now have a responsibility to sit before this father to ask him for food. And I said to him, my father is gone. I don't have one now. And you also call yourself a father. So why do you call yourself a father? My father had responsibilities. Do you also have one? He said, yes. I said, okay. So you need to fend for me for today. Amen. And you'll be surprised. That he's a good father. Now, how do I identify with him as a father? That's the, the, the problem here, isn't it? Because he's not with me physically. I saw my father living with me physically. But I don't see him physically. So then what kind of God am I talking about? Am I talking about the physical father? Or am I talking about a different kind of father? Listen carefully. Am I talking about my earthly father? Or am I talking about a different kind of father? Because if I am talking about a father, I can identify physically with an earthly father who took care of me as a child. Now, I am talking about a different father, so I then need to know the kind of father you are. Are you the kind of earthly father or you are then a different father? So I need to know. That means that I have to find out why he is calling himself a father and what kind of father then should he be or would he be if I, if I give myself to him as a son or as a child. I mentioned the earthly father who had who saw a nice young lady called such a name. Amen. And they gave birth to me. So I went a bit deeper. Well, I know how they gave birth to me. That's not that's not that's not an argument. Amen. But then I'm not I'm not I'm not seeing myself a human being. But I noticed one thing that although I had an earthly father. He doesn't know my form and he cannot tell the extent to which I would grow and how how high, how high or how tall would I would I even be. And I also realize that we have similar attributes. I talk and he talks. But who makes us all talk? Who, who makes us all talk? So who has then made it 
able for us to then even communicate in a way that we even still understand ourselves, one way or the other. That if I'm hungry, I can go to him and say, Daddy, I'm really hungry. How do we do that? So I asked him one day, but how do we do that? And he smiled. He said, well, I don't know. So who knows? So who can tell me? We have to go deeper. Deeper means that, well, then he has a father. We have to go and ask his father, isn't it? But we realize that his father, who is my, my grandfather, is almost more or less like us. So we also have the same, so we have to go deeper. Right? So we have to find out how, 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 how what is making us talk. What is making us talk, we can't we can all hold on to it. So then, then we have then a different father who has given us that attribute to them to communicate amongst ourselves and be able to live one way or the other the way we are living now. So we have an earthly father and we have a godly father who created us, who formed us. And he said that he has formed us in his image. That means if we can talk, then he can also talk. If we can see, then he can also see. If we can laugh, then he can also laugh. If we can weep, then he will also weep. Amen. So he knows us. So even we have been there, we have to then find out who the other person we call our father is. And that means that we then we have to subject ourselves to another kind of knowledge and another kind of instructions that tells us who our father then is. So we need to know. Amen. And I and I have come to realize that yes, indeed we have a father. And our father is a very good father. And as a matter of fact, I realized that he said at one point that even if you have your earthly fathers, if you ask them for bread, they will not give you stones. How dare? How dare do you think that I would give you something else other than the same thing that you have asked for? So, oh, then he understands. Oh, he understands. I didn't know that before. He really understands that when you talk to him, he will respond. And there's a way of responding one way or the other. That's a wish you have to respond to those who are striking. They are in need. They need something. They, say, they are saying that the cost of living, they call it crisis. And that crisis, he doesn't level the crisis to himself. He will tell you the pandemic is one. And then the second one is the war between Russia and Ukraine. Oh, so if humans misbehave, other humans somewhere, somewhere, somehow could suffer the consequences as well. And Rishi wouldn't have much answers to those. So we would go through what we call the living crisis. Amen. So you are living, but you are going through crisis. Do you understand that? You are living, but you are going through crisis. And it's an official crisis. And everyone should know that, yeah, we are going through what we call an official crisis. And we are even lucky to escape recession. But we are stagnating. We are still zero. Amen. But he said to us that expect harsh things to come. And you know one thing? Our, 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 I, I, I want us to understand something. Our, our um, chancellor, when he was um, in charge of the health sector, he agreed with them that they, their salaries need to be increased. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? He agreed that they, for them to live, their salaries will have to be increased somewhere, somehow, to make them survive. Now he's a chancellor. He is sitting behind the fence and he has, he has the ability now to increase it. But he said, no, he can't. Humans, governing humans, how they change so quickly. How they shift so quickly. 
How they, they can easily determine your next step if you put your, your trust in them. Amen. He said he can't. Now he has to consider other factors. Amen. I'm talking about humans. Governing humans. Amen. But now I want us to talk about you. Who governs your life. Amen. Now, I have introduced a father and just like I said, my father gave birth to me, more or less. Is it my mother or my father? Who, 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 who gave birth to who? Both. Amen. So my father gave birth to me. Is it correct? <laughs> Someone need to push you. Amen. Anyway, but I mean, they gave birth to me one way or the other. Let, let's take it from that point. Now, what I'm saying is that my mother has clearly told me, and he's quite clear, that look, it, it gets to a point where you need, you need to clearly understand that um, I will take care of you as a human. And, and my areas of caretaking is I'll provide you up to a point in terms of what you need to wear, what you need to eat, the kind of education you want for yourself if you want it, up to a point. But it gets to a point where I can't go further than that. But you know what? My mother and my parents who gave birth to me are interested in taking care of me. But one thing that they are not able to do, right, is when I go to bed, they'll come and tap find out if I am living or not living. But they are my parents. <laughs> Have you realized that? They will come and check. This one will not be a door. Not be a door. If they are not coming out, what the, what's the next? You go in. And, and, and establish the fact that are they still alive? Can they hear the voice? Knocking. Can they hear? How are they going to hear the knock? Are they going to hear that if they are dead and gone? They are alive. So who is giving them the life? That's the so you realize that although I am saying that I am in charge of my children, I am not fully in charge of them for some reason. I am in charge of certain areas and the critical area that matters so much, I am not the one in charge. Who then is in charge? Who then is in charge? There is somebody then in charge of that. And do I acknowledge the fact that there is somebody in charge? Who will give me life? One first. And then I have to have to check if my children also have the same life that I have. Who is providing my life? Who? Is it Rishi? Is who is it? Is it who is providing nothing? Rishi. Does he provide nothing? He doesn't. He doesn't. So who does? So if he has no argument anymore, there is no argument anymore. I said there is no argument anymore. Because I know that the one who gives the life call himself the father, 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 and the father will be sure that I will have life. That when I go to bed, I will wake up again with the same life over and over and over and over and over and over until the time that he thinks and gives the feet. That you know, you've had enough, and I'll go 
So much life than this, come on. But she will stand there for some time. Because it's part of life. And God created it. And that's what we call the aesthetics. And that's the only one. He, he, he cares about your mentality too as well. As a matter of fact, let's turn our Bible now. Let, let's look at Matthew 4, 4. When, 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 when uh, um, the, the, uh, I mean, the enemy went to Jesus, Jesus said something. He said, man shall not live by bread alone. What does he mean by man shall not live by bread alone? What he meant? Is that yes, man would live by bread, but not bread alone. And you have to find out so what else do you think man would then live with and live by? Man will live by what God expects man to live by. But the Bible is saying that not only by food. So man shall not live by food alone, but by every word that has come out or proceeded out of the mouth of the Father. Not bread alone. Now, I want us to realize that for one thing, there are people who come with us and the only thing they take care of is our bread and our bread alone. And there are areas that they have no and absolutely no idea about. And those areas have got to do with what is within us that gives us life. And as a matter of fact, they don't know it as well, so they don't care about it. But I'm saying that I have a father and the father cares about it. And you know about it. And it's extremely important to know the difference. That what you will eat would nourish the flesh. And you should be wise and intelligent enough to know that what you eat as food, and the food I described, that my father will sit and prepare for himself that same food with all the nutrients he's got did not save him from going down six feet. He ate all. I know what I give that example. He ate all. He didn't give me some. So if I would have saved him, as he is describing, it's the best for him, because he's got all the nutrients in this life, I am still living. He has gone down six feet. So, oh, then it's not about 
the bread alone. It's not about what you eat alone. And that's what Christ is saying. That it is not by bread alone. Because the enemy said to him, turn those stones into bread because you are hungry and eat them. And as a matter of fact, he has the ability to do them. Because the one who is saying knows the power he's got. What resources do we have? And the enemy knows that he has got what we call the power of the Holy Spirit. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, having been with them, knows what Christ can do. And he wanted Christ to just do one simple thing, turn bread. Turn stones to bread. And he said, you know what he said to me? He said to me, hey, you must know that man shall not live by bread alone. And as a matter of fact, I have starved myself from bread. But I have equipped myself with the powerful resource of life. And that powerful resource of life is the power of the Holy Spirit. That resource is what I have equipped myself with. And I have replaced bread with that powerful resource I'm talking about. Because that has a tendency to make you powerful, to live and live forever. What I'm saying is that the bread of food cannot live with you forever. It will leave you at some point, one way or the other. But what I'm talking about, which is the power of the Holy Spirit, that Christ knows himself, and he said he will give that thing to us. And the enemy came and said, oh, turn this into that, because he wants us to be defeated one way or the other. But Christ knows exactly what it's all about, and he knows the differences. But it is not by bread alone. What I have come to give to my people is nothing to do with bread. What I have come to give to them is the resource called the power of the Holy Spirit. And when they ascend with the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be defeated. So he said, God said, man shall not live by bread alone. Are you man? Are you man? Are you man? I have come to tell you something. That this is said. Man should not live by bread alone. Does he know that you need bread? Yes, he knows you need bread. But he said, don't live with that alone. But you should live with something. I'll introduce that thing to you now. The reason is the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In Romans 8, said, therefore, Romans 8, I'm starting from one. My reader is not here today. But he said, therefore, there is now no condemnation. What does it mean by the word condemnation? What does condemnation mean? There is therefore no condemnation. And what, what is Paul really talking about? What has he seen to talk about condemnation? Are we condemned? Is the human race condemned? And why are we condemned? And what has made us to be condemned? And if you look at Revelation 12, then I think, I know, he said, he about the accuser of the brethren. And what does the accuser accuse us of? The accuser condemns. And he knows how he was condemned. He knew that through sin and his obedience, that was accounted to him as sin, caused him to be separated from the power of God. So he knows how he can easily convince us and get us 
to be separated as the fourth from the power of God. So all you need to do is to introduce what we call sin. And he knows that God hates sin. So the moment he's able to bring a certain level of disobedience unto man, then what do you think God will do? God will separate us from himself. And once God has separated us from himself, then we have no that level of communication with God anymore. So if they rabbit, then we are also condemned. And then there will be the Trinity. And the fourth place will still be vacant. We have to do it again. But God knows that he is the Father. And he knows how to treat his subjects. And God did something. He said to himself, I will not condemn these ones. I will not condemn them. But you know what? For what you are caused, I sin unto them. They were, they were, they were innocent and ignorant of what you can do. I know what you can do. But I will now give them a replacement power. And that replacement power, when it comes unto them, you will find no reason and no room to condemn them anymore. Because we will rekindle ourselves and re-empower ourselves and we will face you in all dimensions, in all shapes, in all forms of which you appear and you realize that you have no grounds. So Paul is saying that there is therefore no condemnation. But then if there is therefore no condemnation, it depends. Look, look at what he said. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those he classified it. So there is therefore no condemnation. However, there could be condemnation for those. Or there will be no condemnation for those. So it depends on who you are. It depends on how you classify and categorize yourself. It's a particular area that there will be no more condemnation. If you don't play yourself well, there will be condemnation. And when that condemnation comes, it sweeps and sweeps. Amen. I propose to say there is no more. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. That means there was a certain level of condemnation one way or the other. But he's saying now. Why would he say now? Now are we empowered to know? Are we empowered to realize that we have a resource? And that we take other resource, there will be no condemnation. Amen. Condemnation is the pronouncement of guilt. Amen. And it is a kind of judgment that means a guilty one to condemnation. Amen. So, 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 if you are condemned, you are, you are, uh, recently they condemned the policeman. They condemned him for 30 something years. And then he will spend he, he, the rest of his life in prison. Amen. And that's the enough. And they, they are going to appeal so that they add more sentencing. That they are going to appeal to condemn him more. You, you can realize the kind of condemnation we are talking about. And what has all this to be condemned? Condemnation. 
And Paul is saying that now, therefore, there is no more condemnation for those who are, who are, who are, who are, who are, who are, not in the United Kingdom. Last week I was talking about coming to the United Kingdom for pastors. But I've now realized that the condemnation you're talking about is not for those who live in the United Kingdom alone. So pastors doesn't really rest on those who live in the United Kingdom alone. As a matter of fact, you are talking about the pastor we are talking about. The father who created life and the life that happens everywhere in a human race, everywhere you find yourself, whether you find yourself in Africa, Asia, I mean America, wherever you find yourself, right? The one who gives is the same father there. If he's the same father there, then he can produce the pastor everywhere. He can produce the pastor everywhere. Our ignorance will make us run for help and skelter. Amen. Amen. But he said that the kind of condemnation that set that what will set you free from the kind of condemnation above is for those, is only for those. It's reserved. Have you been to a place where they've written that this is reserved before? And you can go and sit there. But human beings will sit there, though. Oh yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes for me, sometimes I just laugh. But by virtue of who you are, in the human race, and how human sees you, they'll classify you as VIP or VVIP. Have you noticed that? And if you are VIP or VVIP, you are a seat. If you are not VIP, you are a commoner. And the commoner, you, you, you are a place. Whether you like it or not. If you make that mistake, you may sit there. They'll come and tap you nicely and say, young man, sorry. <laughs> you, are, you are not one of those on our list to sit here, gentlemen. You want to move back to that area. That's where you belong. Amen. Don't let us be deceived. And say, why, why? No, 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 no. Don't let us be deceived. No matter who you are, what you are, you belong somewhere. And who you belong to defines who you've affiliated yourself with. Amen. When I was with that powerful institution, Wherever we fly to, wherever we go, we will fly VIP. Even if I say I'm not flying VIP, they will tell me you have to fly VIP because of the company you work with. Sorry, it's not about you. It's about the company you work with. And the company you work with, right, is a prestigious company. And anyone who flies any kind of whatever, you have to sit in first class. And then when you get to wherever you are going, you have to go to a VIP lounge. I remember one day I get to a place and I said, I don't want to go to this VIP lounge. I want to feel free. I want to sit with the ordinary people and just feel free and walk around that kind of stuff. The guy looked at me and said, sorry, it's my responsibility to make sure if you don't sit here, I'll lose my job for the sake of my job. You want to sit here, please. Don't be deceived. Who you work for, who you work with, who you work with, who you associate yourself with, will define where you will be or who you will be with. Amen. So what Paul is saying to us is that we need to associate ourselves with Jesus Christ. We need to work with Jesus Christ. And if you work with Jesus Christ, if you associate yourself with Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ has something that he gives. Oh yeah. I know that now. 
When I was, I was, remember the days of your youth. I remember those times when I was a young man, around the 12 years, we were just running around. We didn't know, we didn't know that. But there were a group of people, the Christians, and they were calling themselves the Crips, the Crips. We call them the Crips. So we, we, we give them names, the Crips, so we don't mind these names, the Crips, the Crips. We, 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 are, we, are, we are doing anything, 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 anyhow. They were like, when you had that, when they walked, they walked like, we are We are running. We don't care where we go, to, but they care where they go to. They care about their circumstances. They care about their surroundings. Why? Because they've been chosen. And because they are chosen, they know that they can't live like those guys. There. We are working with Christ, and we work with a certain kind of identity. That we should be labeled not as like anybody else. But clearly they should see the difference between us and what we do. So now I know the difference. And I can tell you clearly that they were living that powerful life. Most of the guys I call the Christ. I know them today. God is good. None of them is begging for prayer. They did extremely well. And they are still doing well in life. The Christians were Christians. You already know them. Until it pleased God, who separated me from those I was working to reveal Himself unto me, that you need to be like the Christ. Because the Christ are called by God. They are the trusty ones. And they are working with Christ. So they can't be like anybody else. And I know that those guys. Really, we're walking on a thin and narrow road, but they are walking themselves to eternity because they know exactly what they were doing. Amen. So I'm saying unto us today that if you align yourself with Jesus Christ and you follow his dictates, he has something for you. So therefore, now there's no condemnation for those who are who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life set me, 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 Manuel it sets me free from the law of sin and death. Not only of the law of sin, but of the law of sin and death. That means I am no more condemned. Nobody can condemn me. I am part of the race of the Father. And the Father has a son. If he can see his son and not condemn the son, there is no way he can condemn me to as well. No way. No way. Absolutely no way. He will grant me life. And indeed, he will grant me life. That life over in abundance because that life belongs unto them. They give that life every day to every human I want to reverence. No human. And I know that now. And I'm persuaded and fully convinced that no human. I want. I want. Listen carefully. I said, I want the power of the Holy Spirit because it sets me free from the law. The law. When I say a law, a law, a law, a law, it binds. A law binds. If you go against a law, you will be condemned by the law. 
But I am saying that although the law exists, I have been given a power that sets me free from that law. That the law cannot condemn me anymore. So as I see myself, I know I am not condemned to death. When I say death, perhaps you wonder what kind of death I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the, the, the death I described for my father. There's a death called separation from God. And one will be for a while, and the other will be forever. Amen. So if, 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 if you are separated from God for a while, then the tendency that you'll be separated forever is likely to happen. Amen. But I'm saying that God is able to give you life and save you from the law of sin and death. That law came from the Father. And you need a resource to save you from that law because when you are subject to that law, that law can pronounce what we call death because there is sin in that law. Not that the, the law in itself is sinful, but man, in his inability to deal with the law, cause what we call sin. And that's when we realize that God and God has to separate us from, 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 from that kind of disobedience because anybody who disobeys will be sent away from God. And, and the same thing, like the other guy who disobeyed, God sent him away. And you know, he, he knows what God, the criteria, actually, that will send you away from God. All he needs to do is to get you to satisfy the criteria. And once you satisfy the criteria, you become a candidate of judgment. So, so if I need, um, like this young man, if he needs, he, he likes his mouth, so he, he wants to make sure everything to do with mouth is going to do it. So if, if the, the, the criteria to get, let's see, uh, actual statistics in, 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 in Harvard University is a nine, if he doesn't get a nine, what happens? Will he get the, the, the course? He wouldn't get the course. So it's a criteria. It's been set. It's like a law. So you need to get that grade to get the course. So the moment you don't get that grade, then you're not getting the course. But what I want to realize is that the enemy also knows that if you don't get that grade, you won't get that course. If you, if you, if you fall into disobedience, then God will separate you. But God in his own infinite mercy knows the devil himself and knows that, oh, you can cause them to fall. But I will create an environment where they will come back to me through the power, the corridor of power that you have no room to operate. And that corridor is the corridor of the power of the Holy Spirit that lifts up with your spirit to ensure that once you are separated, then God knows that you are a candidate for himself because you walk with Christ and you are part of Christ. And as long as you are part of Christ and you work within the corridors of Christ and you've elected yourself as an ambassador, as a servant to work for Christ, Christ will fend for you too as well. He will not leave you alone. I said Christ will not leave you alone. I said Christ will not leave you alone. I said the man called Jesus Christ, he will not leave you alone. He will take care of your every single thing. You know what he said? He said, I am going, but I will send you the comforter. I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you like a widow, like my father has left me. But I will bring something unto you. And when you accept that thing, it will lead you into everything that has to do with life, that has to do with life now and even forevermore. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm talking about being resourced. 
with what God wants us to do. Don't be deluded. Don't be misinformed. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. And it comes through giving yourself to Christ Jesus. He said, I am going, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send you the comforter, which is the what? The Holy Spirit. And it will bring all things into your remembrance. Do you know what it means? All things means all things. What you need to defend yourself when the enemy comes to you, you will say to the enemy, it has been said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, by every word, not by every economic theory, but by every word. Look, the economic theories are still letting us down. If you look at the countries, they are going up and down and fluctuating here and there. Some are going to recession, some are going to whatever. They say our country is stagnating, all sorts of things they tell us. But I'm telling you through the power of the Holy Spirit, I've come to realize one thing. One thing, the power of the Holy Spirit that sends Christ upwards, it never comes down. It never fluctuates. Your life will never fluctuate. Your never will never come down and go up and fluctuate and stagnating. But it's an upward journey. And that upward journey is controlled by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit shall bring everything to your remembrance and let you know that you are a child of God. Amen. I'll finish here. He said, what, he said, for what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by sinful nature, God did sending his own son in the likeness, have you heard that word before? He created you in his likeness, his likeness, his likeness. In the same thing he's talking about, he in his likeness. Amen. Of sinful man. To be a sin offering. Amen. And so he condemns sin in a simple man. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met. The righteous requirement of the law might be fully met. Through Christ Jesus. So someone will say Christ has paid the price. People don't really understand it. We'll get time to look at that one again in due course. Amen. But I want you to know one thing here. That crave for the power of the Holy Spirit in everything. And life will be a life full of life without condemnation. And there will be no death. Amen. Let's be on our feet. Father, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for dying for us, O oh God. That in your death, O oh Lord, my master of oh God, sin will be condemned. That we will have life. And thank you for the life that you've given unto us, O oh God. Father, it is not that alone, O oh Father, O oh God. But we know, my Lord, my master, what the power of the Holy Spirit, my Lord, my master, you promised to give unto us as well, O oh Lord. We pray, Father, for the power of the Holy Spirit that you shall live with us, O oh Lord. That as we consider your work, O oh Father, O oh God, and look unto doing your work, my Lord, my master, O oh God, it shall be by the power of the Holy Spirit. Encouraging, O oh Father, O oh God, and strengthening us, O oh God, as we go along. That we will know, O oh God, that your glorious end will bring us the fruits of thy labor. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.